Hi, this is Pam, and this is Must Love Food. Happy anniversary, happy birthday. I don't know what we're calling it. Um, it is our 150th issue, and I've got a full house, the entire team here today, and Robin's got Lucy with her. Uh, if you heard that, she's singing um, happy birthday to us since it is our 150th issue um, that we are celebrating here today. So John, Maddie, Teresa, and Robin, and Lucy, <laughs> are here with me so we can just celebrate together and with you and uh, just kind of tell you what we, we did for our 150th issue. So anyway, welcome everyone. I will say this, we are recording this a week in advance and today happens to be Robin's birthday. Um, so we're also celebrating that. And she is the originator of the pie that is really the anchor of our entire 150th issue. This started with Teresa's idea to celebrate the 150th issue. She's a lover of banana cream pie. And in our first issue ever, we did, not our premiere issue, in our first issue, there was a banana cream pie with an Oreo crust and a white chocolate whipped cream or something on it. And so Robin took on the task and the challenge to uh, do a new and improved take on it. And why don't you just tell us, Robin, um, about the, uh, the pie and kind of what you did. It's gorgeous. I will say this. It's the cover photo. It's quite beautiful and it tastes even better. Okay, well, I'll tell you what, I thought it was a great idea Teresa had, and I love banana cream pie. Um, but I wanted, wanted to do something a little bit different um, because I love banana cream pie, but so often, you know, banana cream pie, you just have a layer of bananas in there. And I wanted to take it a step further. And I thought, let's see what we can do about getting bananas everywhere. So I, my goal was to get bananas on every bite and in every single layer. And so that's what I, that's what I did. Um, so I started with the crust and um, I thought, okay, how can I get bananas in the crust? So it's got a crumb crust with, um, you know, vanilla wafers. Um, and I added uh, freeze-dried ban uh, banana chips to it. So those are ground up in the crust and you can grind those as fine or as not as you want to get the, uh, the flavor through there so that you can leave them a little bit chunkier if you want a little bit more of a, a crunch in there or ground up finer so you get that banana flavor all the way through the crust and then um, go on to the uh, the pastry cream layer which is just really your basic pastry cream um, and bananas are in you know that's where I put the bananas they're layered down there on the bottom of the of the crust and the pastry cream is on top of that um, but then there's a little surprise in this in this pie, and that is a caramel banana jam, and it's it's quick and it's easy, and it is on top of the pastry cream and kind of swirled in, so that gives you another little flavor burst of banana and caramel. So you get another little burst of caramel or a banana in every single bite, and then I didn't forget the top um, because the top is a white chocolate and whipped cream. Uh, fluff on top and it has some banana liqueur in there. So there you go. You've got banana flavor in every single layer and every single bite. Well, and I love that you did um, Nilla wafers. Um, for those who've never had banana pudding, that's the classic accoutrement or uh, an ingredient in that. Um, 
in that concoction. And so I, I'm glad that you used vanilla wafers uh, as You're for right. your crust. Yeah. You're right. There's a little nod to that because that, that is another one of my favorite, favorite things. <laughs> yes. So. I used to live in New York and there's a place um, which kind of became famous because of Sex in the City back in the day, Magnolia Bakery. And they're sort of famous for their, um, well, they're famous for their cupcakes, but they're also famous for their banana pudding. And it has right. milk wafers and yum, yum, yum. It's, it's delicious. In fact, I went there. I, I've only been to New York City once, and that was for when I was um, did my internship um, in Boston. And we went, we were only in New York City for like 18 hours. Um, I went with a, a group of girls, and, and one gal took us there. And I'm like, oh yeah, Sex and the City cupcakes. And she goes, oh really, Robin? Don't do, don't bother with the cupcakes. She said, you really need to do the banana cream, the banana pudding. And I'm like, really? She's trust me. So I'm like, okay, well, trust, but whatever. So I did get a cupcake, but I did do the, the banana pudding, and she was spot on. Uh, <laughs> the cupcakes were, they were okay, but the banana pudding to die for. <laughs> so, yeah, Is that so, the put yeah. the banana pudding you made for me, Robin? It is. <laughs> That's one of Shane's favorites. <laughs> oh, and it's so delicious. It, yes, it really is the best banana pudding ever. So, in my this humble is, opinion. And Robin, I thought that the uh, caramel banana jam was a stroke of brilliance. I saw something similar to that somewhere, and I thought, well, what is this? And boy, it really it it is tasty. I do like that jam, and it doesn't uh, take too much to make it. But it really just gives it, it, it brings the cowbells. It, it also is sort of marrying two things that you really enjoy making, caramel <laughs> and jam. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. And then it adds that much more banana flavor to the pie. So it's like a win, win, win. <laughs> exactly. And uh, it, it doesn't take much to do. And it really just kind of puts this pie, I think, over the top. So I, I would, you don't have to do it. Um, the pie is good without it, but I think that um, you would be sorry not to. I, I, I would encourage everyone to to give it a whirl, and you would be glad that you did add that step and put that jam on the, on this pie. Um, I was going to ask one thing too. Uh, in um, when we were uh, putting the issue together, our 150th issue. Um, which is our spring issue, and hopefully it's in your, your you've already gotten it in your mailboxes. Um, I think we are still waiting on ours. Um, but um, pastry cream, that was something, Robin, you had said you felt uh, there was a lot of uh, teachable moments in um, making a pastry cream, and I just wanted to see if there's anything you wanted to sort of shout out or point out or kind of talk through, walk through. It's really not hard, and I think Maddie and I kind of talked about it, how it's really, it's um, something that kind of, it, it, it's not hard, but I think sometimes we don't know the basics of it, and if you mm -hmm. don't, it, it's easy to, you can mess it up if you just don't think it through, and um, I think the important thing to know is that you need to bring it to a boil. So okay. let's start, let's even just step back, just even kind of pastry cream is is kind of what it sounds like, it's pastry cream, and it's it's um, dairy based and, but mm -hmm. it's thickened, it's cooked to thicken it. So, and then it's sweetened. And so you've got um, some sugar, cornstarch, flour, and all that kind of stuff and some egg yolks, right. and then you heat milk. Right. So you whisk, 
you know, you're whisking together the sugar and the flour and, um, you know, some of the sugar and the flour and the salt, and then you whisk in the egg yolk. Now, you really don't want to do that too far ahead. Um, it's not like you want to do that ahead and let it sit there because it'll, that sugar will cook those yolks and you'll have an icky mess. So you want to do that while that milk is heating up. It doesn't take very long to whisk that together till it's nice and smooth. Um, so do that while that milk is heating up. So it's kind of like, meanwhile, you're mixing the, um, you're heating that milk up just so it just starts to come to a boil. It's going to be nice and hot. And you're going to whisk a little bit of that milk into the, the egg yolk mixture. And you're going to whisk it in slowly um, just to warm those egg yolks up. And um, you don't want to put it in there hot and fast because you're going to scramble those eggs. And, and you can ask me how I know because I've done this before and it's a boo-boo. So just whisk it in slowly, just like um, like the instructions tell you to do. You're going to whisk it in slowly until it's nice and and all in, incorporated. And then you whisk it all back into the pan and you keep whisking it. Um, this is the key. You just want to whisk and keep everything all incorporated until you have a nice smooth mixture. And, um, and then you want to keep it, keep whisking it and cooking it until it's um, bubbling and thick. So you, you do wanna make sure it's come to a bubble and it's thick and it only takes about two or three minutes. It doesn't take very long to thicken that up. And um, there you go. You've got pastry cream made. So, so mm -hmm. it, it's not hard. You just have to pay attention to what you're doing. It's not something you wanna do, a, you know, walk it. Again, you don't wanna do that egg mixture ahead and you don't wanna walk away and just let it sit on the stove and come to and boil over there. Because that's that's just going to make a mess. Um, you know, it's going to stick in the bottom of the pan. It's just going to end up with scrambled eggs. And it, again, you can ask me how I know this because I've done this before. Um, you just need to be in the moment and and uh, go with the flow, but pay attention to what you're doing. Um, and what you're doing, what when you pour some of the warmed milk into the egg yolk mixture, it's called tempering. And as Robin said, it's so you don't put something cold into something really hot, which would potentially cause it to seize and curdle up. So mm -hmm. you're basically elevating the temperature, raising the temperature, taking the chill off by adding some of the, I don't know if you add it all or some, some people just add a third or a half of your milk mixture into your egg mixture just to get it, raise the temperature a little bit. So they're a little closer, evenly temped when you add them all together. Um, right, and, and you wanna whisk it till it's smooth. Yep. As and you're you whisking always, it in. Mm -hmm. yes. And you can always strain it too. Some people will strain a pastry cream um, just because potential lumps or something. You might might that gotten a little bit hurts. of, yeah. Oh gosh, it never hurts. And then you end up with this nice velvety texture. Um, so I don't always tell people to do that in my recipe, but it, it never hurts to do. Just once you pull it off the stove, um, just strain it into a bowl. And um, so if Roast you have that little cooked egg lumps in there, you know, you're just gonna catch them in the strainer and um, you're, nobody's, there's none the wiser. And right. it's just, you end up with a nice velvety smooth uh, pastry cream. And so, you know, we also tell you how much is, is thick enough. Um, and so we've got a picture there for you to look at in the, in the magazine. Um, you want it to be nice and thick and how thick is enough. You want to, um, run your spatula, you know, through the cream and it's going to hold its shape. 
So if you can run that spatula That's a good through that pan and it's going to hold the shape, not forever, but it's going to, you know, right. it's going to, it's going to hold it and you're going to lift it up and drop, you know, if you lift the spatula up, it's going to plop down onto the, what's in the pan and it will, you'll see it. It's not going to just dissipate into the mixture in the pan. It's going to hold its shape on top. And we've got a good picture for you there too. I was just going to say that. that's a really good step shot there. And I think the the one that the other one that you have there is about the boiling part, just so you make sure that the cornstarch and the flour sets up, but it's it's to eliminate the starchy flavor of that. Mm -hmm. So you want absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And and I hope that we don't make this sound overly complicated because it really isn't. It's just again, be in the moment and pay attention to, you know, what you're doing and, and, and enjoy it. Uh, enjoy, enjoy your cooking, you know, your cooking and your baking yeah. and, um, you know, just be in the moment and pay attention and it, it's going to be good. And if you have a mistake and I don't know one of us that hasn't because I have thrown pastry cream away before, um, that just, it's sometimes I just have messed up and yeah, throw it away and start over. I mean, I right. dare say I'm not the only one that has had that happen before. Well, <laughs> and, and I followed the recipe and I, said right. I followed the recipe, but clearly I missed something. So I, I, I will be the first to admit that mistakes happen and don't let it get you down. Just go for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I'm glad I was just glad to sort of highlight pastry cream because it is sort of an essential sort of building block in baking. Um, it's, it's one of the key things that you use in a lot of sort of like one of the mother sauces in, in cooking. It's sort of, a, a fundamental in baking. And so it's, it's good to understand what it is and how to do it properly. And as you said, it's not difficult. It's just something that you have to pay attention to, not walk away from the stove. And it, it doesn't take long or anything. No, no, it really right. doesn't. The chili yeah. takes a little bit longer. You'll sure. do, you do want to chill it. Sure. And sometimes, sometimes I will put it um, in an ice bath if I want to chill it down fast. Faster. So, and that works out nicely too. We'll talk about some of our favorite recipes from cuisine here in a second, but just anything else on, on the pie? No, I think that was a really good point to make because I know we've had things being written into us about pastry cream. So I, I was glad we called it out and we gave some tips and to really make it uh, you know, appealing to others and seem approachable. I think you did a great job with that, Robin. Thanks. It, it takes a, a village sometimes. <laughs> And we thought this so. pie was so <laughs> wonderful. So you can't miss it when you look at your issue. Um, it's not in the center, but it's that it's that layout treatment that the pie is pretty much life size, basically. And you can see all the the lovely caramel jam and the the wonderful whipped topping, and it just looks like you want to dive right in. I managed to uh, miss it when it was in the test kitchens and I missed it at photography. So you guys no. have got a wonderful review of it and it certainly is mouthwatering, but I've, I've never. John, I'm happy to share the recipe with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Robin will walk you through it step-by-step. Step. <laughs> I don't think John needs me to do that. <laughs> John, why don't you make it? You make it and, 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 and um, bring that in. How about, what are you doing like Friday morning? <laughs> <laughs> And then um, I was going to suggest we're going to do a full run through on issue we 150 are. anyhow, correct? We are. Yeah. 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 Uh, our next podcast will be on the, the entire issue. So I just, we're just really 
celebrating our 150th issue here and um, sort of this was the anchor of the issue and really the sort of celebration of of the 150th issue since it was an ode to the first issue. And so not only did we um, rely on our first issue um, to help us celebrate, but in our social page, we opted to share are each of our favorite recipes from cuisine. It goes hand in hand with, I think, uh, what I wrote for the social part. Uh, I can't pick a favorite. At different times, I have different favorites, and it's very true. It sort of depends on the day, the season, whatever it may be. And um, I feel like, you know, recipes sometimes are like children. I, you know, <laughs> they're all my favorites. I love them all, whether I did, did it or somebody else. And um, for the for uh, our social post here, one something I did kind of came to mind was something that I have made a lot. Uh, I think um, two former colleagues of ours. It was a mashup. I did a uh, there was a steak panzanella salad. It had a blue cheese dressing, but I loved this other blue cheese dressing that someone else made for another salad. And it um, it's very easy. It's kind of low fat. It's made with buttermilk, and I always use Maytag blue cheese in it, and it's got a nice wang. And um, I usually pick a different protein than the steak because um, I don't eat that much steak. So that was one that I've made a lot. So I kind of just said that was my favorite. And like I, the reality is pretty much they're all my favorite. Um, the other one I'm trying to think of, I don't remember the name, but it was something that it was kind of a, a something that Kim had an idea. And then I think Haley ended up executing it. And it was a Thai salad with it was pork shoulder that was cut really thin and then marinated in a Thai marinade and then grilled and then served on top of a salad. And I went gaga for that. I loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, and a uh, salmon and lentil salad with bacon that Kim did. Love, love, love. And my last one I'll say is <laughs> shortbreads that I did. Um, the um, orange and rosemary shortbreads. I love them. And I love making shortbreads because every time I make them, I've made shortbreads all my life. My mom made them, both my grandma, my grandmother and my Nana made them. And my grandfather was from England. We always put them on the cookie tray um, at, for Santa. He would squirrel them away and put them in his pockets, <laughs> but ain't my grandfather. Um, but I love to make shortbreads. Um, and because they're, it's such a simple recipe, they're either good and buttery or they're not. And so there's not a lot to hide between behind that. And that's why it's one of my favorite recipes. So I added, I said more than one, but um, who would like to share their favorite recipe or recipes? I'll go next. Okay. Um, of course, my favorite recipes, go figure, are baking. Uh-huh. There are so many. I mean, we have so many good recipes and, and you look through them over the years and it's hard to choose. But um, but I did pick two. And my first one is the old-fashioned chocolate cake. Uh-huh. And this is this recipe is so easy. It's the one with no eggs, and we've had so many questions about this over the years um, because what well, it doesn't have eggs, right? It doesn't have eggs, and it it just makes it all in a bowl, and you're ready to go. And it makes the balls. I use it for cupcakes. This is my cupcake recipe. <laughs> it makes a great layer cake, but I always this is my go-to cupcake recipe. Um, it, it, it is just, it never fails. It's moist and chocolatey and delicious. And I love it. And um, 
I agree, Robin. It's like the most requested. Uh, Shane always has it for his birthday. <laughs> I use it for cupcake recipes. It comes together so quickly. You just really can't go wrong with it. Right. I like the frosting that's with it, but I don't always use the frosting that's, that is that recipe. I know some people have had, there are some issues with it that people have had. And I think if, if anybody looks up that recipe, um, the frosting is delicious. I will just tell you one thing, make the frosting first and let it sit because it takes a long time to set up. So if you're gonna use that frosting recipe, it is delicious, but make it before you even make the cake so it has plenty of time to set. It you, will set up, just make it first. Do you think that's what the issue is when people have written in and had issues with it that they make the cupcakes first and then make the, the frosting and it basically hasn't set up enough and they're using it maybe before it's set up properly? Yes. And the other okay. thing is I have on occasion had trouble with it if I used ultra pasteurized heavy cream. I know, but it's kind of hard not to find that, but you can. Um, okay. Th those are, those are, would be my two suggestions, but it is tasty. It is a tasty frosting. Uh, can I ask if any idea on why the ultra pasteurized do you think? Nope. That's just a guess on my part. It's um, kind of but... like the cracking of the cake. Even we've had that happen to us before too. And no idea why just all of a sudden <laughs> sometimes it cracks but not uh, often if i make it as a cake but uh -huh. not not very often i don't know why but you don't have the problem when you make cupcakes because they're in their own little containers uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a delicious cake and it's so easy um but i don't have i don't have that cracking problem i think i've only had it like once and i make i've made that cake so many times and what was your other favorite, Robin? My other favorite is red velvet cupcakes. Oh, those are the ones MJ did with that, the pretty yeah. swirl top? Okay. Yep, yep, yep. I love the, the, the cake and I love the frosting. Um, and it's it's a boiled frosting too, right? Isn't it old fashioned it is. boiled frosting? Okay. Mm -hmm. With flour, right? Right. Okay. Right. So it's, it's delicious and it makes a lot and they're pretty and um, they taste delicious and yummy and so there you go those are my two favorite and people before me here have yeah have uh, paved the way with those delicious fabulous uh recipes and, and I, I made, thank them for their hard work uh-huh i made the red velvet for um somebody's birthday one year at cuisine we used to do birthday mm -hmm. um birthday uh lunches for anybody on staff and you'd always get your choice of dessert and and what you wanted and but uh, yes, it's an easy recipe. Comes together fast. Who next would like to share? I can go. Um, yeah. I have a few. The ones that yeah. I shared, um, of course, you know, relates to pickles because that's you know <laughs> what I've always loved growing up, no matter what, since I was little. Um, but one of the one, it was something I recreated recently because every year at the state fair, I never used to be a fair goer until you know, I met Shane, his family went every year. And so I kind of tagged along. And so now it's always, okay, we have to at least go for a day and go get food. And the one thing I always have to get is a fried pickle dog. And so I think it was, we did the state fair foods when COVID hit and there wasn't going to be a fair. Is that correct? I can't, I, I can't remember so. exactly, Sounds but it was right. kind of like make your own fair food at home. And so I jumped on that article, um, and the fried pickle dog I knew was the first thing I had to do. And so it's a pickle wrapped in, in cream cheese and then like um, pastrami and then a batter and fried. And it is so good. 
<laughs> it is so amazing, Maddie. That oh. that is one thing I had not seen at the fair, but oh my gosh. I know. What a fantastic, tasty treat. And it can be mild or spicy. I always opt for the spicy. And so, you know, it's like, oh, and it's something, it's deadly. I know it's like, you know, you don't want to make it that often. And now that there's a recipe out there, it's like, oh man, but like Shane doesn't like pickles. So <laughs> it doesn't get made that often at her house, but <laughs> oh, that's one of my, probably my favorite ones. But my other favorite one, I think Robin and Kim did the chocolate truffle cheesecake. That is one of my favorite go-to desserts. And even my family, everyone loves it. Um, but that is so rich and delicious. And if you know me, I'm not a big cheese person. So cheesecake is fine. But this one, I'm like, this is the one cheesecake that you can't pass up on. <laughs> it's a pretty simple one. It's a, it doesn't, uh, it's a pretty no, no fail almost really. It doesn't. Exactly. Like problems. <laughs> it's very rich too. It's like yes. very decadent and good. I mean, I think you guys did it in minis, but I've always just made the large one and it takes you forever to go through it. But when you have like a family <laughs> gathering, it makes it go a little faster than you'd like. <laughs> but yeah. I think those two are my, you know, on top of my head, my very favorite recipe so far. Teresa or John. Okay. I'll go. Um, I remember the, my first day at Cuisine, um, I came in on the middle of uh, the production of issue 88, and I was given a design assignment. Um, it was a skewers story, I believe. Anyway, I came across Pam's Caesar salad pasta with grilled shrimp and crouton skewers, which combines two of my favorite things in the world, shrimp, as everyone knows, and pasta. So we were having a, a family birthday gathering, and I made this um, for the birthday boy, and it was just hugely well-received, and I, of course, I loved it because it had shrimp and pasta in it. And I, I remember that to this very day now. I was a cuisine subscriber before I started working here, so I knew there was so many um, cuisine recipes that I loved and continue to love after I started working here. But for some reason, this one sticks in my mind because that was the first story I designed and it was the first recipe as a cuisine employee that I made and it was delicious. And, and I get requests from uh, that birthday person to make this every year on his birthday. So it's fine with me, but I will say, um, the other was well, some of the others that stick in my mind are Kim's shrimp and grits. We sense a theme here, shrimp. And then um, <laughs> our summer issue that we're currently working on um, has Robin making like a shrimp cocktail pizza. I mean, come on. <laughs> it, was, it was delicious. <laughs> so spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you, gotta look for, you gotta look for that. So definitely here with shrimp, but uh, yeah, there's so many. And oh, the uh, one other thing I have to mention, um, my one of my very favorite things is Haley's Smash Burgers. Uh, it was a it was a um, cover story, and 
oh my gosh, I, you'd think you'd have a hamburger before, but no, not until you try these smash burgers. So again, okay. so many cuisine recipes to love. Well, and I think it's safe to say too that like, I don't know about anyone else, but I think probably the majority of us, whenever we are having a gathering, it's our, you know, going to the cuisine site or our archive is probably our number one <laughs> source for figuring awesome. out what we're going to serve or <laughs> make because you know it works, you know it's good, <laughs> it's uh, reliable. Right, That's I mean, right. it's been test kitchen tested, you know, and and our, you know, our test kitchen, you know, they test it until it's right. So you can trust any of those recipes. It's funny that you started or you ended with that because I also had that on my myriad, myriad of uh, recipes that I uh, couldn't choose from. I couldn't decide anything over. I've been here the longest now, 18 years and be 19 years this uh, August. So, um, but I had the smash burger. I, that was on my list. And if anything, even if I don't necessarily make, uh, and it's a silly thing, but it, even if I don't make the burger itself, if I'm making something that has a bun, I'm getting that bun toasted and buttered. It, it's just it's an eye opener for me. Um, but I, I, as I said, or as I say in the, the social thing, is that it just gets me too nostalgic thinking about too many recipes, too many people that I've seen over the years. Um, and I, I have a basic problem with making decisions anyhow. So um, I, I kind of punted and went with two of our other developers um, that had con been contributors, and that's uh, Ari Weinswig from Zingerman's, who featured uh, Lex's roast chicken in issue 47. And um, that is, it was just an eye opener as far as uh, cuisine. And it was one of the original recipes that really um, started featuring uh, cast iron as a cooking medium because it's it's pretty early on it's from 2004 so uh there was that and there was also um the schlau burger which i think again i mean that's from 2005 or 2006 and um i think it sort of predates to some extent uh, the burger revolution in terms of having, you know, a fried egg on it and, and the uh, shoestring uh, onion, fried onions. And it too is a little eye opener as, as to what potential was out there for a burger. But also on my list, I had um, a couple of things that uh, have come about, some favorites of mine, you know, in listening to you guys. and. One of them was a bourbon beef noodle bowl. I don't know if you guys were around, any of you were around for that. That was a fantastic one. And then I'm a sucker for uh, chocolate pot de creme. That's oh. just, you know, just richness and smooth and, and glorious. Um, and a simple uh, churros with uh, Mexican oh. dipping chocolate. I mean, simple as, as can be, but still just so tasty and so memorable. And a couple of these that I think, um, well, I am going to take credit whether it's true or not, but uh, <laughs> a couple of these uh, recipes uh, that have been developed over the years. Uh, one was uh, lasagna soup that I developed early on, 
that's popular. And I think mm-hmm. it's very popular. It became very popular at the time. And then I started seeing it over the years popping up on uh, menus, commercial menus like uh, at Applebee's and whatnot. And I thought, yeah, I invented that. <laughs> I'm not sure <laughs> it's necessarily true, but I'm taking credit for that. <laughs> and um, our uh, former editor, John Meyer, uh, also took credit for the uh, giant influx of roasted chicken at um, grocery deli counters everywhere because he uh, would do it with, uh, again, a simple roasted chicken, but with uh, lemon and rosemary, I think. Definitely lemon to crisp up the skin and give it some brownness. And he always took credit for that being <laughs> a, uh, that, a, a cuisine at home recipe and that it had just blown up so much. And a couple others that I remember Reuben Hush Puppies. I think that was a MJ recipe, that, wasn't nope. it? I think that right. was a Haley right. a casserole. And she based and I... it off of MJ's Hush Puppy. Okay. Hush Puppy. Okay. I think that's what it is. Okay. That's what I'm getting And uh, another one was the uh, Con Roll Monkey Bread. I'm, oh, my God. Oh. So, yeah, I, I just, I, I stopped. And I, I know. consulted to recipes that other people had made and contributed to our magazine sort of like if somebody else makes a martini it's always better than the martini that you can make so and it's like somebody else's recipe is always better than the recipe that you know familiarity it's not contempt but it's it's uh content well yeah (laughs) it's sort of like when you have a dinner party and you're tired and you don't want to eat the meal after you spent all that time making it It's when somebody else makes it, it's always better. Yeah, yeah. And so that those are just a few of my favorite things. <laughs> I hear you. Well, and John is being modest, too. He has developed a slew of phenomenal um, recipes over the years. Some of your um, Asian, like, caramel sauces are really good. You've done a couple of different dishes with that and potatoes. Oh, my gosh. You are the potato whisperer. Um, <laughs> You yeah, did fried an, potatoes. You did an article, oh, I think it was yeah. on potatoes, and and then you also did a salmon article, um, both with killer um, recipes in them that I that I remember. I mean, I'm here 12 years next month. Robin's probably 13, and yeah, most of my recipes that I like are not mine. Is what I'm trying to say. I guess I would just like to say I think that we owe such a debt of gratitude to the people that we work with, uh, you know, the pe- I'd like to say thanks to the people I work with, the people that I've worked with that are no longer with us, and the people that I didn't know that worked here before us. Totally. Because they have all left such a legacy. great imprint and a legacy of extraordinary recipes. Um, because like Maddie said, I, if I need to plan a meal, I go to the archives. <laughs> right. Right. Um, because you can't go wrong because I know they've been tested. I know that they're good or I, uh, you know, it, it, and it, it's just, um, it's just a pleasure. And, you know, really it's, it's unbelievable that the talent that we, that has come through the cuisine doors is I'm, incredible. Yeah. The, one of the things that I think that I really appreciate from it too, is that it's, it's technique and, and it's, it's educationally yeah. driven um, and, um, but at the same time, it's based on something that tastes really good. 
and um, and trying to do something that maybe is unique and different. Sometimes it's just a classic, but I so um, really that's I think the thing that it's not it's not one or the other with us. It's that's what the sort of the the foundation of the magazine is. It's trying to bring both um, to readers and. Um, yeah, for 150 issues, um, that's what Cuisine at Home has done and continues to do. And I think we could all keep going on and on um, with our favorites. And as you said, John, it makes you kind of sad, nostalgic for days gone by and people who've moved on. As Robin said, we're just appreciative of all of those that we do and have worked with and all that everyone has contributed and the legacy of Cuisine at Home. And we're proud of, of the work that we have done. And we hope that it uh, resonates with you. Obviously it does with some because we definitely have readers and we're happy and grateful for all of you that enjoy the recipes that we make. And does anybody have anything else to say? I just would say thank you to, because I read a lot of the reader correspondence that I, uh, I don't know why I'm surprised, but I'm always grateful to read letters from people that have been with it all 150 issues. So, sure. you know, they continue to be long time loyal subscribers. Yes. Yes. I wish we had some champagne. It would seem appropriate if I could um, pop a bottle of champagne right now. <laughs> but, well, uh, we're in different locations. We're we're doing this on a um, on a video um platform um, to, to share our um, favorites with you and to talk to you about our um, celebratory pie that graces the cover. And um, as Teresa said, has a beautiful little um, sort of centerfold kind of feel to it. Well, thank you all for all you do. And while I haven't been here for 150 issues, I think I joined at issue 83. John, what issue did you come in on? 43. It's funny how you remember those. That I, I do remember. I, I kind of I don't remember all the content in that issue, but I do remember um, being very excited for especially the first several issues. I really do. Uh, okay, well, thank you all for listening and joining us and um, helping us celebrate 150 issues of Cuisine. And we hope that you come back and um, join us next time for more must-love food when we will do a spring issue walkthrough. Until then, I hope you cook with us and celebrate with us. Thanks for joining us today. Bye-bye. Visit our site to learn about special offers, new products, and more for purchase. We offer live cooking seminars from pasta making and cast iron cooking to pie baking and stir frying techniques. Our special interest publications feature recipes centered around certain topics like feel good food and slow cooker dinners. We also offer custom cuisine at home branded kitchen tools such as aprons, cutting boards, and bench knives. Shop all of our offerings at cuisineathome.com.